This is the Activated Woman Podcast, where we talk all things mindset, manifestation, magic, and success like a woman. Your pleasure and your desire are your portals to your next level self. So I'm your host, Taylor Carr, and let's go ahead and dive in. to the Activated Woman podcast. So I've had a couple episodes lately where I have some friends on the podcast that are more in like the coaching space and yeah, I kind of let you guys be a fly on the wall and kind of listen into these expansive conversations that I have with my girlfriends that are in this space. But today I'm going to let you guys be a fly on the wall for something a little more unique and a little more special. I have one of my very, very good friends here with me and we're going to keep her anonymous because at this time she's not in the coaching space. Um, but we have incredible conversations about being a high value woman, feminine and masculine dynamics, um, male and female dynamics. And honestly, there's not many women in my life who understand this on the level that I do and even maybe a little bit beyond me honestly um, she has she comes from a culture that definitely embodies this and I'm just so excited to have you here so we're gonna keep you anonymous but welcome to the show thank you Taylor I'm really excited to be here and we always have the juiciest conversations we always cover the most fun topics and they're sometimes a little bit naughty and um, <laughs> how fun is it that we get to share this with your viewers and listeners it's so fun because like I always think about it like yeah like I have this friend and this friend and like we can like we do these things online together but you're a very private person and we're very good friends and we've been our friendship has been growing since I moved to Orange County and we've gone through a lot together so it's fun to have my community kind of get like a peek into my private life with you as well. I think so. And it's a very intimate experience. It's very VIP, very exclusive. <laughs> Not a lot of people are going to get to hear these kinds of conversations. Yeah, totally. This is like you and I sitting by the pool and talking about boys all yeah. day. <laughs> Sometimes with hushed tones. Oh my gosh. Anyone who's around <laughs> us wants to listen in. Yeah, it is naughty. The way that you and I speak about this stuff is really naughty. And kind of magnetic. There's been... I mean, I feel like we're constantly, you're constantly getting approached by people who want to hear your opinion on things. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time we were chatting at the coffee shop and there was this gentleman who was sitting behind <laughs> us the whole time. And I remember thinking like, what must he think about the things that we're talking about? They definitely pushed the envelope a little bit. And um, he was getting up to leave and he nervously comes up to us and he looks at you and he's like, can I get your opinion on something? I heard you girls talking about some relationship stuff, and I would like some advice. It was so cute, and this is definitely something that we're doing together. So today's conversation is a bit of a riff, but I want everyone to just kind of hear how women who have fully embodied this work interact in, in the world and understand men. And I know we were by the pool earlier. We were having like a pool work date where we probably got very little done, honestly. <laughs> and it's a Friday, whatever. And um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I like I remember being like, oh, this is podcast. We have yeah. to do the podcast. Yeah. And now it's been like five hours. But yeah, and I, I don't remember what it is. But I think we were maybe we can segue into it because we were just talking about how um, you can learn the concepts. Mm -hmm. You can learn someone's mindset. You can spend enough time around someone that you start to understand the way that they think. But that really 
living in the world from this energy is a practice. Yeah. It's something you have to come back to every day. And it doesn't matter if you're brought up with these concepts or you learn them later in life, which of course is a little less natural. You kind of have to reinforce and reinforce, but even someone who has come up in this sphere, who has had this advice floating around them their entire lives, that person still can lose track of that and they yeah. can get some distance from it and lose themselves a little bit. And it really is about pulling yourself back into it, prioritizing the work and making sure that you stay centered in it. It's almost like a yoga practice, a meditation practice. Yeah. I mean, so that we're not being too vague for those listeners who have no idea what the hell we're talking about and they're brand new here. Um, how, did, how did you find this sort of work where you started to understand how masculine and feminine dynamics work in relationships and how more specifically men and women are so different in relationships? Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I think I come from a um, culture that's a little bit more traditional in the masculine and feminine roles. And um, it's a culture that respects both the masculine and feminine relationship. And every culture in every every place in the world, you're gonna have issues where um, things can become toxic or one-sided or one-dimensional or what do we say, like naive. The, there's the, the divine feminine and masculine and what's the not divine? Unconscious. Unconscious. That's what I call it. Yeah, so there's divine and then there's kind of naive versions of masculine and feminine. Um, and sometimes people who are living in that energy end up hurting themselves a lot. Yeah. But um, in the culture that I came from, I just knew that I moved through the world aware of my femininity. And um, it was an energy that I connected with personally as well. So it's something I get to, I got to play with that identity and really put it on and feel that it was correct and aligned with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And this, you know, feminine, masculine energy, I'm sure you've done the disclaimer anybody can be any type of energy mm -hmm. but um you know certain eastern cultures definitely focus on there being a difference in there's a polarity right yeah returning back to that same dualism and um i grew up in that energy and then i we you know i had to kind of have a second life in this country and it's a completely different type of dynamic between men and women oh yeah and I always felt like it felt kind of like I had secret sauce I could move through this world a little bit more easily in some ways and in other ways it felt like my upbringing was really causing me to hit a bunch of walls mm. um, but it wasn't really until my mid-20s that I realized that what I was doing was not getting me the type of love that I wanted it wasn't providing me the types of relationships, even just friendships, because I do think it intersects into everything. Totally. And, you know, I just, I felt like I was spending so much time with my girlfriends, talking, analyzing, obsessing over things. I had a psycho psychology degree. I took a lot of sociology classes and there was a lot of intellectualizing of what is a, the male gender? What is the female gender? Is gender a construct? And it felt like there was always this science that was being loaded onto things. I don't know if you remember, like right around when we graduated, so many people with these degrees would graduate, become writers at big um, magazines or online publications. And we'd constantly get these articles of these scientific studies, analyzing men, analyzing women, analyzing hormones, analyzing biology, analyzing relationships. And it felt like it was such a heavy topic. And it wasn't until I, I don't even know how I stumbled on it, but I just started finding books that took a more esoteric approach 
to these dynamics. It wasn't completely science-based. It was more founded in values. Mm -hmm. It was a value system, a philosophy that was being sort of passed along. And it seemed like the women who were practicing it just seemed to find more peace for themselves. And as I started practicing it, pieces of it connected with my upbringing. And then a lot of it was also new to me and it opened up my eyes entirely to just that there was a different way of being that wasn't so rigid, that wasn't so based on science, that wasn't so based on, okay, so equality means that um, women should be asking men out or equality means that you should be um, providing as much value and the type of value you provide in a relationship at work in your friendships should be a masculine type of value performing like just putting yourself in such an action oriented non-passive achievement oriented kind of energy and approach to life and it was really great to step away from that mm-hmm. and realize that I could go back to a more naturalistic way of being mm-hmm. and I found a lot of peace in that and results followed I mean and by results I mean changes my interactions with people change the way people treated me change and it felt good but not because I was focused on results but just because it felt more aligned to me and naturally it felt like my life became more abundant yeah I I like that it like naturally felt right for me I think that's something that a lot of people don't fully understand like they can follow the one two three and that's fine, but you were mentioning earlier, like it really is a practice. It takes time to embody this and understand it and understand what we're doing here. It's not like I do one, two, three, and then I get the guy. It literally is like creating a more peaceful life for yourself, a more joyful life for yourself and holding the standard. And when we were sitting on the couch a little bit ago, you were talking about like it's an everyday practice of holding the standard. It's it's not just like the way that you date. And you, you referred to like going into department stores can you do can you do that little dance for me again because I really liked that what was I saying about department you were saying like it's like when you change your body yeah so it's it's really interesting because I think sometimes it can be hard to get into this work if you've only been doing it a few years because once you learn it once you start embodying it it's like you, the way you move through the world changes and it can sometimes feel really lonely. Yeah. It's like when you really learn how to dress yourself, you know what colors look good on you, what silhouettes look good on you. Like I don't know about you, but I can walk into a store, walk through the aisles and immediately pick out the things that I should at least be trying on. And there's so many things in the store that I'm like, this will never work on me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll walk into a store and I'll be like, these textiles are um, not sustainable textiles. It's going to wear and fall apart quickly. It's low quality. I can't find anything in the store. And it really sucks because then I have to do the work of realizing, okay, if these places that I used to go to don't work for me anymore, then I need to do the work of finding places where I'm going to find things that fit me. And maybe those places, cause it's quality or it has a different fit or silhouette. I'm not just buying something off the rack. Um, I'm not just buying a trend. I might have to work harder in my life so I have more money to go ahead and do that so I have access to these things. And I think that's what it becomes really hard in sustaining this work because you do have to continue to do inner work on yourself and you have to continue to elevate yourself because as your tastes change, as your standard raises, you're going to be walking into a lot of clothing stores and not being able to find a single outfit for yourself. You might not even buy find anything that's worth going into the dressing room and trying on. And that can be extremely lonely and it can feel really compelling to want to just go get something just to have it. And I feel like 
that applies perfectly to dating, yeah. right? You can date for something quality, timeless, something that's going to sustain you through life, or you could fill your time by buying fast fashion in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a choice. I love, I just love the comparison. So I think it's easy to, for a woman to like understand I could go into a store and now that I know how to dress myself in a way that feels great and mm -hmm. looks great on me, I may not find anything in that store because the truth of the matter is I can help any client get a boyfriend. Like we were talking about, like I can help anyone get a boyfriend. I have been in love seven times in my life. I've had many boyfriends and they've been lovely and they've loved me back. And I've had men who have been in love with me that I didn't love back sadly. And they were beautiful people. But at this point in my life, holding strong to my standard to make sure that I'm finding the right piece for me, the right person for me. And I think that that's where people get tripped up is like, when you start doing this work and you start to like really get it and embody it, people will fall away. Men that you've been chatting with, guys that you've been dating, they fall away and you begin to feel that loneliness. You begin to feel like I've done something wrong or this doesn't work. It's not that it doesn't work, it's just you've entered this whole other caliber and standard of, of ways of being that you have to hold on a day-to-day -day basis and really be behind it and really believe it and that is what takes time. Absolutely. Like we were saying, your work is not for the women who want to figure out how to have a boyfriend. No. Your work is not for that because that would not be in service to women in the best way that you can be in service to women. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the truth of the matter is if your desire is to have a boyfriend and like long term, that's what you want and you want like a forever partner, but you don't care about marriage, that's fine. Like that, it's totally whatever your desire is. But I think more than anything beyond any label, it's I'm not helping women be test-driven by men. I'm, I'm helping women become the prize who's treated really well forever. Yeah. Or for as long as they want. It's up to us. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. And there's, there's so many resources out there too. I mean, love is like the one of the most integral pieces of life, yeah. of fulfillment. You know, you have your purpose in life. And then, of course, relationships are super important. There's so many people who teach on so many topics in love. And I feel like sometimes you catch flack for not teaching everything on love. Yeah. But that's not where you can serve the best. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I just don't care. Like, I just don't care to help women have mediocre relationships anymore. Again, getting a boyfriend is easy. If you've got tits, you got an <laughs> ass, girl. Get you that boyfriend. But um, I think we're just up to something so much bigger. One of the topics that's really been ringing, you know, really loudly in this, in this last week with a lot of the clients that I've been working with is I have a lot of new clients in my space who have been dating men for years who are still quote unquote not ready and not ready to commit or don't want to commit because the men want to keep their options open while closing yours down. And so I've been feeling a lot of like, like passion around this topic and a, a little bit of aggression. Like I was, I literally feel like my energy just dropped like a freaking bomb and I'm just like going off all over the place, but it's, it's awesome. And I love it. Um, I have this very strong, desire to to make sure that women understand that we're the ones making it okay for men to not rise for men to not commit for men to not show up and be their better self we're making it okay for them to opt out of society we're making it okay for them to scroll on porn and tiktok and tinder and swipe and whatever all day long and and still get their dick sucked at night and it's such an aggressive um, way of putting it, but like I really want to drive that home is like the the more we're okay with accepting less, the more we're damaging our men and just like allowing them to be less. Yeah, 
I remember being on Amazon one day and I was reading the reviews for some book. I don't remember what the book was really about, but I think it was one of those scientific types of books that was talking about hookup culture. And I was reading through the reviews to see if this was something that was worth exploring or reading about more. I think it might've even been, I was writing some sort of paper, analyzing some studies, and I wanted a kind of more accessible resource. And there was a comment and the person identified themselves as an older gentleman who had lived, um, who had been a teenager in the 50s or 60s. And he wrote this heartfelt message about how he doesn't understand how kids our age, you know, for lack of a better term, were having these types of relationships. He doesn't understand how this was possible. He said in his day and age, women were not afraid to reject men for asking for sexual favors or upfront like very forward sexual um acts to be performed on them yeah you know as you said more crassly earlier um <laughs> as they, I <laughs> they, they weren't women weren't afraid of saying no to that they weren't afraid of throwing a drink in a face they weren't afraid of slapping the man of standing up for themselves and how he's shocked that it has even come to this that he's shocked in reading this book that this is how the youth of the day were doing relationships and that just always really resonated with me because i do think at the end of the day we live in a beautiful society love is a big motivator for all people for men and for women mm -hmm. and at the end of the day love still means something to men and when we as women feel shy about that or feel shame about wanting love what we're really doing is we're inviting men to also be disconnected from themselves mm -hmm. and to be disconnected from their hearts and to continue to live in these ways and i do think that men are craving for women to hold a higher standard men are craving for women to not exactly play hard to get because i think that's manipulation but they're they're craving to find women who are mysteries mm -hmm. women who create comfortable tension exciting chemistry that's not just pheromones it's not just tits and ass like you said yeah but it's something where the man feels inside of himself that something is being called out of him that is making him be a better man like how many weddings have you been at and the man says the vows and he says these beautiful things about what a nurturer his wife is mm -hmm. and how she takes care of everyone else first and how he loves taking care of her and how she makes him want to be the best version of himself possible yeah, i feel like every wedding i've been at like the vows have been something to that tone and this is something that men are craving and not just high value men but um i think it's it's really important that we as women hold a standard Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, I think a lot of women are figuring out the standard thing, but also it's coming from a very rigid place. Like I'm seeing a lot of like very entitled behavior with it too, which I'm here to call out the men. I'm also here to call out the women, like walking around entitled, like I'm a 10 and you owe me all these things and blah, blah, blah. But you're not bringing that feminine nurturer to the table. You're not bringing the woman who loves men and is like wants to see them succeed to the table and you're just walking around like you're the shit all the time but not actually doing the deep work that it takes to meet somebody at that level like that's an epidemic within itself as well you often talk about or we talk about this but but you really brought this to my awareness um how women are the emotional counterpart of the relationship and how men being the less feeling sex 
crave a woman who can take him into his feeling. And I love, I love the way that you talk about that. So um, I think the way that I usually bring it up in a context is I think we grow up with a lot of shaming on us as women for our emotions. And then we enter into relationships and we start deploying our emotions in a way that's vulnerable, but seems to get really bad responses from men. And I think this is kind of like a myth busting a little bit because I don't think men are afraid of women's emotions, what they're actually afraid of. And it makes perfect sense if you understand the masculine as a action oriented being. Men are afraid of actions that are born out of emotions because that to them is dangerous, lacks reason, and doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It's confusing to them and that frightens them. Mm -hmm. They don't like, I'm upset, therefore now I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you the silent treatment. I'm canceling our movie tickets. <laughs> I'm telling your grandma <laughs> like just any of these things where we feel so upset and hurt and then from that place we take some sort of action on something that can't be undone i feel like men are very comfortable with vacillating emotions and i know that when a man feels safe with his woman and she makes him feel safe around emotions he will sit and listen to her talk about her feelings for hours and hours and hours yeah. because it's engaging it's mm -hmm. addicting they, they love that. What they're afraid of is when those emotions seem to go beyond reason. Right. Because they don't know how to then fix or undo that. Right. They're action-oriented. And they're also not hairy women, so don't expect them to use a bunch of emotional language. Correct. But you'd be surprised as you start talking about your feelings and things in a way that feels like safe language for men, where it's focused on I and not you, your man will just start sharing things with you. He'll start telling you stories about his life. He'll start telling you about when he traveled to Egypt and there was this interesting woman he met there and she had this dark hair. So he went around to the restaurants with her and everywhere she went, everyone wanted to talk to her and how he was so kind of caught up in that excitement of these people responding to her so well. And just, he'll share these experiences with you. And of course you can be jealous and you can close that down by asking questions. But I think that's beautiful when men have these very sentimental, emotional memories mm -hmm. and they feel safe to pull that out with the women that they're with. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's really cool. I remember my ex, um, he's much younger than me. And the first time I ever went to him and it must've been like the first year we were together, I suppose, after he moved in with me, uh, which I don't recommend. Uh, <laughs> just throw that out there. We're not doing that, ladies. Uh, we, we have fixed that behavior. Yeah. I remember I went to him and I was like, so hey, you said this thing earlier and it triggered me into this place and it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me and what I've been through. So I don't blame you and I'm not mad at you. I just wanted you to know so that you could know me a little bit deeper. And I remember just the look on his face was so surprised, enchanted, curious, um, because I didn't go, you triggered me and you should have known and <laughs> now I'm yeah. crying. And I just went, okay, I'm regulating myself and yeah. here's something that you should know about me and it has nothing to do with you. And he felt very safe with me in that moment. And our relationship became so bonded and so close because of conversations like that. Even like he had date, dated a Latino woman before me who was of course spicy and sexy and all these things. And so our first fight, I remember he just went off and he was like yelling at me and yelling at me and yelling at me and he was in his feminine emotion. And I just sat there and I just listened and I'm like, I'm with you. 
I don't fight like this though. So mm-hmm. whenever you're ready, we can have conversations. Mm-hmm. And and this is obviously him being more in his emotion, but just like being a safe place. I think mm-hmm. that was more of the point. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I feel like the way it doesn't connect for some women and they have a struggle applying this and embodying it is actually a lot of women are emotionally unavailable themselves. Yeah. Men don't get to have these conversations about emotions with almost anyone in their lives. So we as women, we talk about it all the time. I mean, literally, we're sitting here right now because <laughs> we said we're talking about this so much that we should start recording it. Oh, we talk you know? about it nonstop. Women, women love talking in private, and men will mansplain or talk in public. That's their way of asserting their hierarchy and their dominance. But um, in private, men don't get to talk that much, and especially not about emotions. And maybe as a kid, five, six, seven years old, maybe 12, maybe 13, they got to sometimes talk about their feelings with their family members if they had family members who taught them emotional intelligence and how to regulate their emotions. But sometimes their intimate relationship with a woman where they've gone through the hurdles, those initial kind of like feeling each other out, like that part where the nerves of the beginning drop away and both parties start to really get to know each other. Um, in those conversations with women, with women like you who are showing and demonstrating, I'm regulating my emotions, here's how I'm doing it, and I'm also checking you, I'm regulating your emotions mm-hmm. and giving a language to that, giving a rhetoric to that, giving them, like teaching them the language of emotion mm-hmm. is so important because a lot of men they could reach the late 20s, early 30s, sometimes 40s without ever really learning yeah. how to talk about emotions. Yeah. And women need to be emotionally available to themselves to be mm. able to hold that. A great segue here is if you have not listened to my episode about unconscious male echo chambers from last year, definitely go check that out. It's a really good episode to listen to. Uh, when it comes to sort of what our men are talking about when they're with their dudes and um, the reason why having a woman in their life is so freaking important. Um, Okay, I really want to talk about this and I've been thinking about how I want to talk about it to my community and on the podcast and I figured I'd make a whole podcast about it privately. (laughs) But since I have you here, it might be a fun back and forth. Um, As you know, my community does not know. This week has been crazy for me. (laughs) So in the past two months, since I moved to Orange County, five ex-boyfriends have reached out to me. And this week I got back from Tulum and and Cancun. And in my inbox on Facebook, I had two back-to-back messages from two exes. Um, Two important exes, one from when I was in eighth grade. And he literally like set himself on fire when we broke up. And a couple years later came back around and... um, basically threatened to take his own life if I didn't stop him. So traumatic experience. And then the next one being the one who definitely set me on this journey that I've been on in the last 12 years where um, that man is part of the reason why I got my incurable pain disease and then became the woman I am because of him. And I had not heard from him in 12, 13 years. And suddenly there he was out of the blue wanting to not only talk to me, but is back in town and wants to take me out and take me to get mojitos or whatever. And I was, I had to like sort of process all of this at once. And simultaneously, um, like an old, an old guy friend from 10th grade reached out to me and said, I'm in town. I'd love to take you for a drink. And it was just so overwhelming all at once. And so I called you and I was like, (laughs) Amiga, we need to talk. That's my nickname for her. 
because I almost said her real name and I just had to stop myself. <laughs> Amiga, we need to talk. Um, yeah. This is what's happening right now. Can we chat about this? And it's just, it's just wild, the, the amount of work that I've been doing in the last year specifically. And then to come to this point where like all of my very significant exes, or for the most part, like nine out of 10 of them, have reached out to me in the last two months to sort of close the loop on whatever was still open. Crazy. And the conclusion we came to is it's all energy. Mm-hmm. It's all energy. No matter where you are in the world, no matter whether you're public about it or private about it, if your energy shifts, people who used to be connected to you feel it. Mm-hmm. And we're, we've kind of been playing in this space over the last couple of weeks where we talk about how far can we really take this concept, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. How far can we really play in the space of it's all pure energy? Yeah. If we delete all the apps, yeah. what happens? Yeah. If we stop all the channels that feel yucky Mm -hmm. of how people can reach us what does that call through yeah and um and i had just deleted my apps too yeah so it's (laughs) it's kind of crazy and i think taylor's in a really amazing energy right now and um it's really great for you as listeners and as clients those of you that are uh to get to kind of experience this because i think there's an unfurling happening here energetically There's a level of magnetism that you, I mean, most of you have never been in a room with this woman. (laughs) And I mean, when I tell you star power, like it's, it's a real thing. Like, it's like she turns it on and just everything around her is charged with a magnetism and the things that are meant to find her, find her. And the things that are meant to go another way and not concern her, just get repelled. It's insane. It's insane. And I feel like you're entering an era right now. I feel like, I honestly feel like it's your last hurrah yeah. before you're one. Before I get wifed up. Yeah. I'm in my last hurrah. I had this moment yesterday I was driving and I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, <laughs> I was like listening to Jealous by Nick Jonas <laughs> featuring Tinashe, the remix. And I was like That's singing and I was like, <laughs> I still get jealous. And I was like, oh my God wait, my one is coming in right now? I don't know, universe, I'm having so much fun. Like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> like, almost like I wanted to take it back. Like, I don't know, like, there's just like, I'm so desirable right now. Can't I just play in this energy? Boop, boop, boop. But it literally feels that way, you know? Like, I, I think that who you're being in the moment before is really important. And I keep calling this moment in my life the sweetness because it's the moment where, it's the moment in between where I don't belong to someone anymore and I'm going to enter my wife and eventually mom era. Yeah. And I'm sitting in this in between just like, so in love with my life, dating myself, being taken out by men left and right who are so lovely, exes popping up out of nowhere to close loops with me or will try to take me out and allowing me to set new boundaries with the universe. Um, Just like with my clients. My clients are getting just amazing results. I'm hopping on calls with them and they look so beautiful, like more beautiful than ever. And I'm like having this full-blown love affair with life that I want to share so loudly with everybody who will listen and I'm just like being so aggressive about it but um it's so cool to me to know that someone so close to me can see it as well because not everybody fully gets what's going on here but you're part of this journey with me you're watching me do it I'm telling you every step of the way because I I'm like five 
six steps ahead of my clients. I'm not like a hundred steps ahead where I'm not relatable. I'm still here. I'm still learning. I'm still unraveling. I'm still deconditioning. And I'm, I'm embodying the work with integrity every single day and watching the results has been just like, like there's nothing like it. I've never experienced anything like it. Even last night after that event, one of those guys texted me and he said, every time I see you, you're the belle of the ball. It was so great to see you tonight. I'm like, like that are you kidding me like it's so wonderful it's unsolicited but like I said it's that magnetism like people want to come bring beautiful experiences to you yeah people see you and you radiate and they have something if they have something pleasant that they want to share they they have something precious and beautiful and gorgeous that they want to give to someone like they gravitate towards you to share that it doesn't have strings attached it's just a matter of like you're on this level and you can cherish this because mm-hmm. it's a gentle, fragile thing. I love the there's that a you lot talk of trust. About, yeah, I love that you talk about no strings attached because I think a lot of women are afraid to turn this energy and this magnetism on for fear of it being unsafe and there being strings attached. Oh, Grace is in the house. <laughs> hey, Grace. She's the uh, the yeah. unofficial um, mascot of the business. Yeah. Everyone knows. Um, it's funny because I'm more private, and you know that I don't like turning the light on to quite the wattage that you do and I feel like you started talking about it and Grace could feel that I was getting tense <laughs> and she jumped up she already yeah. but that's funny because I was going to say it about you too like you and I don't necessarily look alike like mm-hmm. we don't not look like we could be from the same place but we don't yeah. look alike and uh, my energy is very like loud like when I walk in a room it's like a lion just walked in mm-hmm. and like like boom the I'm sun, here the, the sun, sun just, just started in. shining yeah. it's like bam your energy is more unassuming, but you're dangerous. Like, you know, like you'll walk in quietly and you'll be quiet and it's mysterious. And then I turn my back for one minute and I turn back around. There's like five guys around you <laughs> and you've got like the hottest guy in the room who's like, how do I find a woman like you? And you're like, I'm taken. And he's like, I need to find a woman like you. And you're like, sorry, best of luck. And like, But you're so quiet and unassuming about it, which yeah. honestly makes you probably like significantly more dangerous. And you have this like, you hold yourself with this old school class, like it would be easy to miss until you, until you look and then you're like, holy shit, like this woman and you're, you're pretty mind blowing. Thank you. You're yeah. honestly so sweet. And I think what needs to be underscored here, cause what we do can be taken in pieces and offered to you guys in a way that you can use in your own life. And I'm here doing that and being in this energy because I had to be in integrity with myself. Mm -hmm. We were talking about your um, clients who have been in the five-year relationship. And I was asking, so what is it there that's serving them that they continue to buy into this? And I think a lot of it is emotional unavailability. Mm -hmm. And you and I have both been interested in these topics. We've delved into these topics. You're literally teaching on these topics, but we're constant students of these topics as well forever and um even for myself like at some point i was in a highly masculine work field and i was literally barely sleeping it was so high stress high octane and i was not this energy that you're describing when i was doing that yeah and it was a really big leap and it took a lot of integrity a lot of inner work a lot of resistance to say i need to leave that yeah and i need to lean into something else that's not functioning in this way that is burning me out that is messing up all of my hormones that is 
taking my life force literally away, like sapping away my vitality, aging me more quickly than like I need to be aging. Mm -hmm. And that was really tough to leave that paradigm of it's safe. You should be performing. You should be constantly giving. You should be providing to people. You should be providing to your customers, to your clients. You need to be fixing things all the time. You need to be solving problems. You need to be putting out fires. You need to be first responder there in a crisis. And, um, even, and, and I think some women who buy this work and who believe in the coaching, this is a missing piece for them mm-hmm. where you have to be in integrity with yourself and you have to actually be emotionally available. Yeah. You have to be willing to call yourself out on some of your own bullshit for sure. And it's really hard to accept that about yourself. It is really hard to look in that mirror and realize that you're the problem. Mm. that made me feel so uncomfortable but it's so true like even this ascension you're going through right now where you're going on an even higher level that came from a painful place of looking at yourself in the mirror yeah and being like what am i doing here that leaves me not emotionally available yeah you have to get really real with yourself like i think some of the hardest things that i tell people and i feel bad for saying it but like i had to say it to myself he is not interested if he is not locking you down, it's because he doesn't want to. If he wanted to, he would. I say this again and again and again. And men agree with me. They're like, yeah, men are so okay with wasting our time while waiting for their dream girl to show up who will put them through a way harder time. You know, like they're willing to, to waste your time. They're willing to test drive you while never committing. And women are committal. Like we want to commit. We like, we, especially when we get intimate, um, we fall in love. There is nobody else. But the men are not closing down their options until they find her. And if it's not you and your man is wasting your time, you have to be honest with yourself. And that is the hardest part about this to look in the mirror and tell yourself the man that you chose to fall in love with or that you fell in love with is not reciprocating. It's really, really difficult. So I know we mentioned briefly about you leaving your corporate daddy career. And I want to um, still honor your privacy and not talk too much about that but what I do know about you is that part of your process of leaving it has been learning how to soften and to bloom and to open and to pull yourself out of a dark place and um, be more present with everybody in your life your friends your family your man all of these beautiful things and I think there's probably a lot of women who can relate to that of understanding that maybe their corporate career is actually burning them out and they have been dabbling with the idea of leaving or cutting back hours or anything um, along those lines. And then simultaneously, we talked about you know emotional leadership and taking our men into the depths of leadership. So essentially, I'm looking for a way to put a button on this cool episode, this cool like fireside chat. Um, if you had to give women like quick advice on how to step into emotional leadership, what would that look like? You know, I think... At the end of the day, the experiences that we have, we choose. Um, I was in that job because I was addicted to working. I was a workaholic for sure. And I was burning out from it, but the burnout felt so good. It felt so satisfying because it was emptying and it was numbing. And it was because there were a lot of complicated feelings that I didn't want to address. And those feelings were, am I going to lose my relationship if I quit? 
Am I going to have to move somewhere else? If I can't make it in this industry, am I going to have to leave California, which is highly competitive, it's hard to make it here. There were so many questions, uncomfortable questions that I had to realize like there is a risk here that I've traced a deep, long path into the wrong section of the woods and I will have to painfully retrace. It will take just as long to get back as it took to get this far. And then I'm gonna be back at the fork in the road and then I have to start the journey in the right direction. Mm -hmm. That was extremely daunting to me. Um, and I think, honestly, ladies, it's to be in emotional leadership, you have to, and I was gonna say this, I feel like the work you're doing right now with your clients, yes, it's about dating, yes, it's about relationships, but really it is a love letter to yourself. Yeah. It's about learning to love yourself so deeply, to trust yourself so deeply, and to honor and cherish yourself. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of any type of woman who really embodies those values and treats herself with love, care, respect that she deserves. Like I literally, I had to have a friend sit and stare at me at dinner after I said I was only sleeping four hours a day. And she said, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean, am I okay? And she was like, how are, how are you doing this? And that's when I realized this is not normal. Yeah. And like a few months later, she said, you need to quit. And that was the first time anyone said to me, you should stop doing this painful thing that you're doing yeah. that's ruining your life. Same for me too. When, when I went through my breakup and I was still romanticizing him for months, I was like, maybe he's in pain, so I shouldn't focus on me. And I had my best friend looked at me and she was like, I'm so sorry to say this, but have some self-respect. And I swear those words have <laughs> reverberated through time and space and sit with me every day and yeah. changed my life. Because yeah. I never even thought I wasn't having self-respect. I thought I was being loving. And then I realized that I was completely abandoning myself. Yeah. And our girlfriends notice it, but mm -hmm. I feel like men also notice when we're not in tune with ourselves. The same way you go on a date. And you can tell when a man is not really paying attention to you, not really getting to know you, but trying to move towards having some sort of sexual experience with you. And he's very much pushing for that kind of intimacy and not really interested in any other kind of vulnerability or intimacy. I feel like men also have that sense. In that same way, they can tell when a woman is not in line with her emotions. And when we talk about embodiment, what we mean is your body language, your behavior, the way that you're holding yourself is a complete reflection of what's going on internally to you. A hundred percent. So that whole, I'm fine when you're not fine, that is not embodiment. Totally. Because you're not feeling what you're feeling. You're deceiving yourself and mm -hmm. men pick up on that. And mm -hmm. some don't know how to articulate it. The really great high value ones will be able to say, hey, snap out of it. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll challenge you on it. And that's really great. I think I have a lot of um, like anxiously attached or anxious avoidant women that are in my community. And one of the things that I have found myself saying lately to be more of a high value woman when you have a more anxious attachment style is like, you have to be okay with losing him. You have to be okay with losing him and not losing yourself in the process. And I think that this is also what makes these women so much more attractive to men. Like just going off of what you were just saying is that like, I'm fully okay with you walking out the door because I'm not abandoning myself and myself is not for you versus like bending and molding to be like, I'm fine and make their life easier while making your own life harder. And then men pick up on that and they, they leave anyway because 
you're not the woman that they thought you were. Whereas when you're a challenge, when you're a mystery and you're like, I don't abandon myself, I know exactly who I am, that's a challenge for the rest of their life because you will always be your number one priority and then you become their number one priority too. Yeah, and I think we can even go on a deeper layer. It's not just being afraid of losing the man and it's not just being afraid of being alone. It's being afraid of filling your time and space with yourself and fully Mm -hmm. yourself. That is very scary for anxiously attached women where they'd rather have their center of focus outside of themselves and someone outside of themselves rather than be like, what am I doing right now here in this moment? Like it's a complete disconnect from being present whatsoever that you're sitting in a room somewhere. You could be doing things with the things around you in your room or out, you know, hanging out by the pool or in the grocery store. You could be connecting with what's directly in front of you, but the mind is somewhere else in an imaginary space of someone else's feelings, thoughts, and emotions. That is complete abandonment. It's yeah. complete disconnection from the self. So it's, that's, that is a really important point that you bring up. So good. You have to be okay with losing him. Okay, my beautiful, mysterious, anonymous amiga, thank you for being on the Activated Woman podcast. I feel like this was really like, it was really intimate. I felt like this conversation was more intimate than I was expecting. It felt like a fireside chat. It did. And we should 100% do this again. I think we should too. Maybe one day we'll even reveal you to society. Maybe. But you haven't come out yet. No. But wait, if you're like, coming out. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's more valuable if I'm mysterious. Always. Because I think there's, I can exist as a concept, as a point of view, mm-hmm. and not as a human that needs to be attacked. <laughs> you won't be attacked. My community loves this stuff. No. But this was something we were talking about earlier, too. I was like, I love the men who fell in love with me that I didn't fall in love with them back because yeah. I'll just forever be a concept. And yeah. they'll keep me on a pedestal of like, what if? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like if I have enough men who have fallen in love with me that could never have me, it just immortalizes me forever and I'll never die. <laughs> it's lo- it's science. Look it up. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey, gorgeous. I hope that you enjoyed that episode just as much as I did. And hey, I would love to invite you to my free Facebook group, The Activated Woman Collective. Up and coming, we have incredible free masterclasses and a ton of free value. So please come on over to Facebook. Join this epic, beautiful community. The link is in the show notes. I cannot wait to see you there.